Okay, you know, we talk about Pedersen and Hughes a lot on this show, but today we got to give some love to the third line centers, okay? So today, coming up on Locked On Canucks, we're going to talk about the best third line centers in Canucks history and then the best third line centers in the NHL today. Let's get into it, baby. You're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. And before we dive into today's episode, we got to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks. It's your team every day, your Canucks every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, Kyle, today's episode is about the best third line centers in Canucks history. I got to tell you, man, it was a struggle to come up with it. More <laughs> on that later. First and foremost, how you doing, buddy? Okay, get get this, Canucks fans, okay? You know who could have been the best third line center in Canucks history? If you think about it, Mark Schoenard. Shun- how do you say his last name? Schoenard? Schoenard. <laughs> yeah, remember him? They signed one of the best, Metro, uh, right? one, sorry, one of the worst uh, trade deadline <laughs> additions in Canucks history. Wow. I don't even think it was a, no. I don't think it was a trade deadline. I think it was a free agent signing when they signed Willie Mitchell. That was the year they uh, they traded for Luongo. Come on, Trevor Bags. Anyways, Trevor Bags, Kyle Bowen, okay, locked on okay, Canucks. Right. Your Canucks every day, man. The sun is shining. A lot less smoke in the air. I can't even see any smoke. It's crazy how things can move that fast in this thing called life. Uh, on that note, though, we're setting. Way too much love. Actually, there's no such thing as too much love to our people in the interior, man. For real. It hit home this time, so it's different. And I always say this too, man. For real, the, the, the big reason why we're doing this, Locked On Canucks, the big reason why we're doing everything in the studio. So you, you got to do it ASAP, and that's give back to the neighbors. And then we can give back to the world, okay? It's got to go in that order. IMO. Anyways, again, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Locked On Canucks, uh, a position that gives back a lot to the team based on what that person has to do, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And on great teams, even if they get paid a good amount of money, most of the time they're exceeding that value because they got to do a bit of everything. And that's the third line center on a great team, especially in the playoffs. You can argue that the third line center is as important as the second line center. hundred percent. I think you're not, you're not winning the cup without, you know, three, three good centers at least. And, I'll kind of get more into that when we look at like the best centers in the NHL uh, going into next season, because a lot of those guys are making quite a bit of money. You know, Pius Suter is definitely on the uh, the budget end of third line centers. But in terms of the best third line centers in Canucks history, it's and Pew you know, Kyle, you and Pew I Suter. thinking about this. Pew, it's Pew Suter, okay? Pews. Come on, yes, you son sorry. of a Trevor Bags, man. It's okay, man. It's okay. I man. even I, uh, I even wrote about that. Uh, you know, seven fun facts about Pew Suter. Go check it out uh, on Daily Hive. That was one of my fun facts. It's pronounced Pews. Oh, they but mentioned the that on uh, right? Sakaris and Price, actually, your article. Oh, they mentioned on Sakaris and Price. Oh, that's so nice, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, no um, so again, P- maybe Pew Suter could become one of the best third line centers in Canucks history. But honestly, Kyle, this is a tough list to come up with. So I'll start by saying that, you know, NHL didn't start tracking you know, um, ice time data and face-off data until the late 90s. So when we look at the Canucks being around since 1970, come on, I, I wasn't born or I'm watching old tapes. I wasn't an expert on, on the Canucks back in the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So that's the caveat there. 
with you know today's NHL, obviously I've watched it more, but it's easier to see based on ice time, based on who's taking faceoffs, who's really the third line center on the team. Uh, but I will shout out two names prior um, prior to uh, you know the the late nineties here in terms of the best third line centers in Canucks history. I'm gonna shout out one of the better names in Canucks history, Bobby Lalonde. Okay, Kyle, I know you want to name your son Bobby Bowen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe you can look to Bobby Lalonde as some inspiration here. But he played for the Canucks for about five seasons. Uh, he was over a half point a game player, and he was the third line center on the team Whoa. in the seventies. I also wrote down Ivan Halinka, who was here for two seasons in the early eighties. Was part of that uh, Canucks team that went to uh, the eighty-two finals. Uh, he seemed to have sought it as a third line center on uh, those Canucks teams as well. And I, I think he still has the record for, or he was one of the oldest players to be named Rookie of the Year or something like that. Um, okay. But that, those are kind okay. of my old, my old school names for the best third line centers in Canucks history. And now, before I kind of get into you know the newer age, is there anyone else you can think of in terms of an old timer who who should have been named one of the best third line centers in Canucks history? I think the term old timer is a bit strong, but at the end of the day, maybe I'm just being a little, a little petty because I'm kind of falling under the category based on the name that I'm going to bring up and the timeline. And it's a bit of a hypothetical, but, and it's one of those things we, we made the joke earlier, right? Like who could have been one of the best third line centers, Mark Schwinnard, right? Maybe that guy. <laughs> how about, how about, and I don't know the data and I don't know how much he played for the Canucks and what role he was playing and blah, blah, blah. But if it worked out during that time where the Canucks were a little bit deeper, just a little bit deeper, how about Michael Pekka? Yeah. Michael Pekka was again, not with this team for as long as he could have been. Right. Yeah. Um, but he was, you know, started his career here. And, and honestly, like when I was growing up, was one of my favorite players in the NHL who wasn't a mm. Canuck. Uh, I love Michael Pekka back in the day. And I think, you know, when he was playing for the Islanders in Buffalo, like I didn't even know he was a Canuck, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he could have been up there. So, and that was the thing too. It's hard to find guys who have been in the third line center spot for a while because those guys just don't stay on the same team for a long time. Ooh, yep. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of rip off the five players here who I think are the best third line centers in Canucks history. Uh, let's go with number five. I got Brad Richardson, part of the team oh. in the 2014-2015 season. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking starting. about, man. <laughs> you, you, I'm talking. It's a lot of these guys haven't been around a long time, right? Where they don't stay in that role for a long time. But I got oh Brad Richardson up here. Uh, how about this for a throwback? I got Kyle <laughs> Wellwood, buddy. Oh yeah, Kyle Well, Kyle Wellwood. Uh, some people call him Kyle Wellfed. Uh, you know, he was he was tearing it up. Uh, you know, for the Canucks, there crazy good faceoff winning percentage. Um, for the Canucks uh, in the uh, you know 2009-2010 era. Uh, Matt Sundin was kind of like an option for third-line center, but he played more second-line. Pavel Dimitri played, like, took a lot of face-offs for the Canucks. There's a lot of interesting centers for the Canucks at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Pavel Dimitri, ultimate legend. Um, so Kyle Wellwood, Brad Richardson, not, not the big names you were, you were expecting to hear uh, for third-line centers, eh, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to start off the episode. Top five. <laughs> Top five list for your Vancouver Canucks, and we're going to start number five off with Brad Richardson. And I'll touch on Brad Richardson just a bit. Like That guy was a solid hockey player for a pretty long time. Yeah, he's underrated. He, he put up some points for the Canucks, too. No, he's just a good guy. Good guy to have in the room, and he plays the game well. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel as if he, he won a cup, right, with L.A.? He, like I'm not going to say he's a big part of that team, but am I right on that? Who knows? Anyways, locked on Canucks, your, your team every day. Your Canucks every day, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. Yo, Matt Sundin, man. I remember uh, the Canucks signing Matt Sundin, and it was rumored in the offseason, but we had to wait, like, what, five, six months for it to actually happen. And I was at the mall 
I was Gil Guilford Mall. Shout out to Surrey. I was at the mall when it happened, when news broke, and I ditched my mom because I was a young chap. I ditched my mom and went straight to Jersey City, <laughs> which at the time was like the the podcast that wasn't being recorded every single day, like the, the greatest sports podcast being recorded every day. Just head on over to Jersey City. Shout out to the boy Aiden. You know he worked there for a while, and uh, I don't know who the I don't know who else was uh, on shift that day, but I, I knew the guy by name because every time my parents went to the mall or my mom went to the mall, I'd only spend time at Jersey City and EB Games just to talk talk sports. Anyways, I was there. It was a big moment, and I really thought the Canucks were winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, anyways, carry on with your damn list, okay? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the last three here. So number three, I have Trevor Linden. So quickly on Linden, I, you look at how many face-offs he took for the Canucks. He was actually more of a right winger earlier in his career and then became a top, a top six center for those Canucks. Uh, you know, during the glory years there in the 90s. When he came back in the 2000s, he was more in a bottom six, third line center role. He was actually the fourth line center at some points. He was the second line center at some points. He was kind of all over the place after he rejoined the Canucks in the early 2000s. Uh, Kyle, number two might surprise you. I have Henrik Sedin. But think about it, right? Like back in the early 2000s, Ooh. you had Andrew Castles, you had Brendan Morrison, and you had Henrik Sedin, right? Henrik Sedin was a third line center on that team. You know, still figuring it out in the NHL, but he was putting up, you know, 30 to 40 points alongside Daniel Sedin there in a third line role. And he was actually like one of the more uh, long tenured fourth line centers. I kind of had him like looking back third at the stats in that fourth line, line role. What's that? Sorry. I thought you said fourth line centers. Oh, third I might have said center, fourth line. Right? Yeah, it's all good. It's third all good. line centers. Yeah. Honestly, I would have um, let it slide. But it was, since it was Henrik, like if you said if you were like bringing up the list and the category and you said Brad Richardson and you were talking about third line centers and then you said fourth line center in your ramble because you made a mistake because we're all humans. I would have let it slide, but you know, it was Henrik Sedin, you know, we're not, we're not going to do that to Hank. Okay. No. Anyways, carry on. Yeah. No, but yeah, my point was that he was just, he was in the third line center role for the Canucks yeah. during some really good years. And we talked about it off the top, right? If you're going to win Stanley cups, if you're going to compete, you need to have a solid third line center. And even though Sedin took some criticism early in their careers, it's hard to argue that they weren't, you know, good third line centers. They were overqualified towards, you know, the 2003, 2004 era. So, um, but yeah, I found that interesting too. Like Henrik City, one of the longest tenured third line centers in Canucks history. That's not like something I expected to find. And number one's no surprise for me. It's Manny Malhotra. It was really only two years where he was a third line center of the Canucks. But I think in terms of the prototypical third line center you want, you know, score some goals, but mainly win a lot of faceoffs, take on a lot of tough matchups. Malhotra fit that role perfectly. There's not many other Canucks who did it. Uh, and I'm going to even honorable mention to Artem Chubarov. Uh, he had a season or two where he was kind of third on the Canucks in face-offs and, and ice time among centers, but often he was a fourth-line center. So, yeah. you know, I think he's kind of beloved by, you know, Canucks fans our age, Kyle, but uh, to, for, to, for me, he just wasn't a third-line center for long enough. And, and and a name that wasn't on that list, and I, I don't I don't remember how he broke through with the Canucks and what position he honed in early on in his Canucks career, but, but Ryan Kessler, like, I, I wonder what he was doing when he broke in and where he was playing. And yeah, just, just one of those names up. Uh, okay. So you said Artem Chubarov, you said Henrik Sedin. You also said Manny Malhotra. We got to touch on Manny Malhotra just a bit because the Canucks were so good, so good. And, and he, he, he was only on the team when 2010, 2011, then 2011, 2012. And that's when the Canucks kind of were like, yo, you're not playing anymore. Right. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, in 2010, 2011, yeah, it was it was so obvious that on a healthy Canuck team with those players and those centers, you know, Kessler above him and Henrik at number one, that he just fit that role so well. And credit to him because for all the games he did play, he was so damn important. 
so damn important because he was so good. He just focused on that role, didn't try doing anything too extra. And when we say he was doing a good job at the dot, he was one of the best face-off men in the league, like elite, elite face. Like he was in the top, top of his category, top of his class, and that's definitely an advantage. It's a uh, one of those things, uh, Pew Suter. I don't know if he. I think he's like an average faceoff man, right? Like he's average. Yeah, yeah, he's a little under fifty percent for his career. Dude, like get it up, man. Work out those forearms, man. Get Trevor, it up. I've already talked about it many times. How to work out the forearms, Trevor? How do you work out the forearms, man? Uh, I do. I, I aside yeah. from no, we can't say. Whoa, that whoa, whoa. Uh, aside from that, uh, doing wrist curls, doing wrist curls. You know, usually I have the bar, and you just like put put the your elbows on your knees, and then you curl uh, with your wrist. Come on, man. Great Come on, <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. How you know how you do it, man? You know how you do it, bro? You and this is this is what you learn in Surrey, right? Growing up in Surrey, real Canadian superstore. I know we're running short on time here, but we gotta spread some love here. You can work out your wrists by carrying other people's groceries out of the stroller and into people's trunks. Just offer, man. Something that we should know. all do. Sharon is Karen, man, for real. We're out, we're out here to help each other out. When you really ask yourself what, what life is all about, Begsy, you know, in those moments, it really comes down to, you know, spending time with your loved ones and number two, helping people out. 100%. And I could do a, a better job at that uh, very, very quickly before break. Uh, I, the reason I didn't have Ryan Kessler in the top five is just looking at the numbers. I kind of saw him as more fourth line center, jump into second line center. And he did struggle for a bit there when he was a sophomore, uh, even as a bottom six center. So. Like another guy took us some time to develop, but obviously he figured it out. And he's one of the best centers in Canucks history. Let's talk about some of the best third line centers in the NHL heading into next season on the other side. But first, let me tell you, newborn life has me short on sleep. It's harder to work out and eat healthy like I used to. Once upon a time, I haven't been able to get my wrist curls in, okay? But that's why I have a hard time living life without some AG1 in the morning, okay? Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed an overall feeling of sustained energy, support for mental clarity, and focus. And I need that focus to bring you the goods here on Locked On Canucks. AG1, they use a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. That's science, baby. And Kyle, you and I, were over the 30 years old mark. I know you and I need a product like AG1 to keep us feeling like we're only 29. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. People, people, before we get back to the show, baby, I got to tell you that new episodes of Locked On Canucks will be available wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all, okay? New episodes every day at 4.20 p.m. Again, wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. We back on Locked On Canucks, your Canucks, every day, Trevor Bags, Kyle Bowen. Just doing our thing, man. Shout out to Surrey, shout out to Kelowna, shout out to the interior. Bro, to be honest, you know, we just heard the message, right? And it's for no reason at all, but I think some people connect the dots for the wrong reasons. It is what it is. It's not their fault. They just heard it. 
It's Vancouver. They can connect those dots, right? New episodes of Locked on Canucks everywhere at 4.20 p.m., right? But little do people know that's just because of time and when we record this and how we have to get it out and the schedule and broadcasting and the rights and all. There's a lot of little things behind the scenes. People don't understand. But if they're going to connect the dots to why we do it, I got to bring this up, especially in this time. We got a couple more weeks of summer left. Uh, September, October may be hot as well. If you're smoking anything, throw your butts out, okay, in, in a proper place. Don't don't throw them on the ground. It, it shouldn't just be a summer thing. For real, you should be doing it all the time, for real. But th- that's another reminder, okay, 100%. D- don't, be, don't be littering, and especially don't be littering that way. Anyways, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Locked on Canucks. I got something else to talk about that's really important involving a fantasy football draft, uh, my girlfriend performing on Friday, and me having to decide, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes because I need your help, Begsy, okay? Uh, let's talk about the best third-line centers in hockey right now. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to lead with the Canuck angle. Uh, what are the odds? Uh, do it like a, like you know your fan duel right now, okay? What are the odds that Pew Suter, at the end of this year, year one, with the Vancouver Canucks, can be in the top three uh, best third-line centers in hockey? Uh, I know, I know. Heroic question, but let, let's uh, let's spread some optimism here, okay? Well, you want me to spread some optimism when you ask a question like that? I think the odds Let's of that happening are probably around five, like five percent, and that might be optimistic. I just think okay. there's a lot of good third line centers in the NHL, and look at the Canucks heading into last season. I mean, technically, their third line center was, you know, Bo Horvat or Elias Pettersson, right? Like it was Miller, Pettersson, and Besser playing center. Like it was hard to beat that one-two-three punch, right? Obviously, the Canucks had other holes, other problems, but. Uh, they had three really good centers, and a lot of teams are in, the, in, in a similar boat. But, um, yo, come on, so, to be honest. Like, do you think like guys like Miller and Horvat had a chance to be like a really good third line center, like that prototypical? Like, you know, you, everyone needs to play your role. You know, you, you need to do your job. You just can't be that type of player playing center. You know, your offensive. You know, you got to have a bit of everything. We just brought up Manuel Holtra. I'm sure you're going to bring up some players here too that have just better uh, respect for only being utilized in some games as a defensive center, you know, playing that role, mastering that time in and time out. I don't think that was the case with Horvat and Miller at all. Like maybe Patterson, maybe Patterson, but I get your logic. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I- I'm curious to hear these names though. Cause I-, I know one's coming from LA possibly. And that's guy, that guy's probably the guy. Um, but uh, I'm just curious to-, to hear the names and have this debate. All right, I'll, I'll rip through it quickly. But yeah, I mean, looking at Horvat, Miller, Pedersen last year, they're all in three separate lines at even strength, right? So yeah. uh, they're, one of them's a third line center one way or another. Uh, yeah. So let me, I, I made a list of 12 here. Uh, I'll go number 12. It's either Braden Shen or Kevin Hayes in St. Louis. Uh, 11, John Gabriel Pajot with the New York Islanders. Number 10, Jordan Stahl. Game's fallen off a bit, but he's still a pretty solid third line center for Carolina. Number nine, Ross Colton just joined the Colorado Avalanche. Number eight, Eric Halla, solid third-line center behind uh, Heischer and Hughes in New Jersey. Number seven, I have either Andrew Kopp or JT Confer, whichever one of those guys. Both making a lot of money, uh, but both those guys know pretty solid third-line centers. Number six, Yanni Gord of the Seattle Kraken. Number five, he was just with the Florida Panthers, one of the Stanley Cup final youngster, Anton Lindell. Number four, Matt Duchesne, probably the steal of free agency in Dallas. Uh, in the top three, I have with Calgary. And again, a lot, of, a lot of hate for Calgary, but you know, one of their third line centers is going to be either Mikhail Backlund or Nazim Kadri. Both those guys are behind uh, Elias Lindholm. So 
one of those guys is a pretty damn good third line center. Second, I have with the Vegas Golden Knights, William Carlson, the number one. Kyle, you knew it off the top. Philip Deneau of the LA Kings. So again, uh, that's the list of centers I ripped through pretty quick. A lot of those guys are making at least a few million bucks a season, right? You look at Pius Suter with the Canucks, he's making $1.6 million next season. Definitely on the budget end. And there's so many other centers I, I didn't mention, like you know Nicholas Backstrom, technically a third line center right now towards the end of his career. Adam Lowry with the with Winnipeg you know lots of guys are making a lot of money as a third line center and that's something that the Canucks you know at a necessity uh, don't have right now dude man I think the Canucks should come out with a shirt that says it's Puce in the middle of the the shirt maybe we know? should come up with a shirt that says it's Puce put the, put those all those letters together right people won't get it twisted they'll just they'll just they'll just think about Puce right nothing else anyways locked on Canucks your team every day you, you listed all those names and uh yeah, I don't think you're lying slash being pessimistic when saying, you know, Pia Suter has no chance of being that dude entering the top five in that category because, like, there's just a lot of talented players and a lot of those talented players that you mentioned, you know, not the Andrew Cops or the uh, – uh, who, who else did he mention? Oh, JT Comfer, but a lot of the guys around them play on good teams as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, Ross, like Ross Colton going yeah, from exactly. Tampa Bay who won the Cup to Colorado who just won a Cup, right? Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I do think there's some good names on that list and some older guys too, right? Jordan Stahl, Braden Shen, Kevin Hayes, JB Pajot, uh, those yeah. are all older guys, Matt Duchesne oh, as makes well. Sense, so. Makes sense. Is there another um, level? Is there another level to PU Suter? Again, I'm just honing him in, in, in back to the Canucks show, right? West coast bias. We got to talk about it. And, uh, you know, we've been very optimistic the whole time, the whole, well, maybe I have been just overly optimistic because if I'm not optimistic about the season coming up, I'm going to get bored really quick. Right. Just getting too old in this thing called life to spend too much time with the same stuff and just thinking the Canucks would, would be like horrible next season when there's a chance of that because, you know, recency bias, I use that quite a bit. They haven't really learned how to win. There's not that culture here, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. Best case scenario for the Canucks, right? They got to take the next step, maybe take two. And if that's going to happen, they got to be healthy. And Pew Suter, he's one of those guys who have to exceed that number that he's getting paid, especially on a cap capped out team. Like we need guys to exceed their value. And I think he's a candidate based on opportunity, based on role. Cause the roles, like it's probably easier to do your role and play your role when you know your role, like look who's ahead of you. So he has that, you know, there's, there's peace in that. And again, the winger set, maybe there's yeah, more so, peace Well, yeah. When I look at Pew Suter and the ceiling for him, uh, it's maybe he can be a half point a game guy who has about 20 goals a season. The thing about him is I don't see him as a great playmaker. Uh, even when he played with Patrick Kane and Alex to uh, he has the same amount of goals and assists pretty much in his NHL career right now. Mm. Uh, when you watch the tape, he's a guy that likes to go to the net. He's not a guy who's often, you know, making crazy, crazy, nice passes. Yeah. Uh, so smart hockey player he has yeah, a yeah. nose for the net, has a nose for creating offense. Uh, but to expect him to be this like playmaking third line center, it isn't really realistic for him. But I can mm -hmm. see him, you know, again, that's why I kind of liked him with a guy like, like Connor Garland. Another reason why I suggested that Mikhaev, Suter, Garland, third line. I think Garland can drive the line and be that playmaking force. And I think Mikhaev and, and Suter can capitalize. So okay. yeah, I think best case scenario for him is he's a great penalty killer. Like he's been the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, he at least holds his head uh, above water, bet at even strength. And maybe he chips in like, you know, 20 goals and 45 points. That's probably the ceiling for Pius Suter, I think. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that ceiling of point usage, maybe not being like ultra efficient slash 
getting the most out of him. But again, if we want to maximize his point usage, or I don't even know why the, why am I talking like that? Like I'm some fancy stat doctor anyways, because there's a chance, like you, you said, you know, you, you, you described, you know, Garland as a play driver all off season, Hugh Suter, you know, he's, he's evenly good offensively at both things, blah, blah, blah. And there's also that chance, you know, we talked about McKayev, but there's also a good chance that Brock Besser is a third line winger. Like, you know, just the way it is, just the way there's, it's just jam packed. It is, it is. And maybe the points go up if that's the case. A lot to think about, man. We're, we're thinking way too much on this episode. You know, we're, we're way over time. It's the middle of, well, it's actually almost the end of August. And uh, man, oh man, I'm proud of you, man. I know we're not there yet, but when training camp hits, it's going to be like, I'm going to have to look at you and be like, how do we do that? How do we just spend that much time talking about stuff that what like wasn't even close? I, you got you got what I'm saying? You got what I'm saying? Like, this is yo know, we yo know, we con, con, content creation and and the work that goes into it hits another level in, in the middle of summer when nothing's going on. But like I said, we love what we do and and we're here for you listening right now. So let us know in the comments. We mentioned some of the best third line centers in Canucks history earlier. Let us know if you agree mm-hmm. with the list. Uh, who you think is the best third line center in Canucks history? Uh, and maybe in terms of NHL right now, uh, who the best third line centers are, let us know in the comments who you think is the best third line center in the NHL today. Like Kyle said, we're in overtime. We got to get to Comic Corner. That's coming up next on Locked On Canucks. Okay, people, before we get back to the show, let's tell you about this week's schedule, okay? Yesterday, we dropped an episode. But we talked about the quiet dressing room and how it can no longer be quiet. Today, we dropped this episode on Third Line Centers, and on Friday, yes, Friday, no episodes on Wednesday, no episodes on Thursday. On Friday, we're back talking about Canuck players that remind us of some NFL players. Okay, it's the summer. We got to take some time off, and it's the summer. We got to have some fun. Let us know in the comments below if any of the Canucks roster players remind you of any NFL players today, right? Okay, you get it? Sort of? Maybe not? Who knows? Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. We back on Locked On Canucks, your Canucks every day. Shout out to all the new subscribers. Shout out to the OGs, Aiden Cluton, Matt. They're they're interested in a, a fantasy hockey league involving the people here that's something that trevor bags the parent of two has to lead so maybe it's gonna happen maybe maybe it is who knows maybe it isn't i'm sorry maybe who knows who knows but it's in the air maybe it'll be produced and maybe it'll be finalized we gotta talk about it more i think that'd be kind of cool um i co-gm with you actually no 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 we gotta go yeah we gotta go against each other i'm exiting your co-gm offer yeah okay i was trying to make my life a little bit easier hey speaking of which okay before we get to comic corner the best part of the show dude what do i do man my girl's singing on friday and i said i would go because she's my girl like you know you got to support the girl chasing her dreams I'm, i'm there i'm loyal but it lines up with the fantasy football draft like i'll be able to probably be a part of like the first eight rounds seven rounds but then it's gonna be somewhat up in the air afterwards like i'm gonna have to get some live input then text in my picks it's gonna be different i think i think i think i'm bailing out on my girl bro it's dude I, I, perseverance right 
I don't no, know. I don't even know why. You can't, you can't, you can't do it, man. I, I think, no, I think you had a good game plan. If you can swing it where you make it for the first seven rounds of your draft, you get those key picks in, you get your key uh, starters in, and then you text or call on your picks the rest of the way. Man. Are you serious? This is where I'm getting going in my life. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, you know how often fantasy football drafts happen? What's the answer? For a normal person, once a year. Well, once a year. Yeah. You know me, man. I got, I got this. You would say I'd, I'd ha- I have the second best batch of bros in the world. So I'm gonna miss out on seeing them for a couple songs. Well, your uh, isn't your girl performing again in a couple nights? She I mean, got you could. Four perform- she, that's what I'm. I, mm. I, okay. She, yeah. She got four performances in the next four weeks, five weeks. Okay, so I feel like. There's a chance? I don't know, man. This is this is something else, man. I didn't sign up for this, man. I didn't sign up for this, man. This is something else, man. You know I what mean, I wish? You, at, you know at the end, end of the day, what do you? At the end of the day, what do you love more, fantasy football or your girl? That's what it comes down to, unfortunately. Dude, my girl. Don't, don't have there. to answer on air. I'm my just saying. My girl will be there on answer. Saturday. The fantasy football draft won't. Okay, okay, Trevor, Trevor, man. You know what I want to happen? I want this to happen, okay? I want her to call me today in a couple hours and just be like. Hey, baby, I was thinking about you, and I want you to follow your dreams. Like, we got our whole, we got our whole lives together. I'm going to have a million shows. You know what I'm saying? But I know what your fantasy is, so go do it. Anyways, Locked on Canucks, your team, slash your Canucks every day. Let's get to the best part of the show, Comment Corner. Welcome to Comment Corner, powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from our friend Canucks for Life. I think the organization needs to do the smart thing and listen to what Bo Horvat said about Petey. Make him the captain and make him the captain now. Shout out to Canucks for Life. One of the OGs as well. One of the reasons why you and I are here. But when I read this comment, I got a little scared because I know there could be a little truth to that, but I don't think the Canucks should base it off of there should like when they're having the meeting about this, they shouldn't pull back and say, "Hey, look at what Horvat said. Pedersen should be the guy. He's in that room, dude. All that losing that happened in that room, you can't take any of that as reference into this decision. It's just the truth. Just the truth. Am I right? Well, I mean, I you know when we had this debate a couple episodes ago, and uh, you know, shout out to uh, the everydayers who might have heard that. Go check it out if you haven't heard it. Uh, we debated whether Pedersen or Hughes should be the next captain. I chose Pedersen, you chose Hughes. So uh, hard not to stick to my guns here. That being said, I mean, yeah, what Horvat, the previous captain of this team, said who's no longer with this team, I think he should be taken out with the greatest salt. I mean, when Horvat's here, it wasn't a winning organization. At the end of the day, is, as much as I vouched for Pedersen in the last episode, I think it has to come down to what Pedersen and Hughes want. I think, you know, the two of them are grown men. They're the leaders of this team. I think they can kind of figure it out together who the next captain should be. Maybe they get in a nice Canadian standoff, even though neither of them are Canadian, you know, and they're just like, you should have it. No, you should have it. No, no, we'll no, no. I, don't but I, I think I don't it's got to be figured out between those that. two players. I don't want that, man. This is like, who wants it? Who wants it the most out of those two guys? Who wants it the most? And give it to that person because there's, it's the Canucks are in a really, really interesting, polarizing situation where I think the fan base. They've been patient. They've wanted patience. And they respect that that is needed when it comes to transition. But I feel as if the fan base is also owed not like a complete miracle, but a bit of a fast forward based on who's here. Like there has to be 
there has to be a chance for this team to take two steps just based on who's on the room. They don't have to give up no assets, blah, 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 but they get it together based on who's in the room. And I think that's fast forwarded even more if they pick the right captain. So he can be the person that's leading from the top, being the glue guy, holding people accountable. It's just one of the pieces. We talked about Pius when it comes to being one of the pieces. I think like getting the camaraderie all the way up, like just from being a a losing team who has a dressing room that's you know that like they, they, they have mutual respect for each other like it's all good it's all love but let's just ramp it up when it comes to the camaraderie and i think that's a little easier if they pick the right leader and do it asap and that leader is able to you know just do the most and both those guys are strong candidates they really are okay it is what it is i don't know where i went with that ramble there i'm i'm, I'm stressing man okay fantasy football or the Ooh, that, that is a tough one. Man. I, I wish I was here for like one more day because your draft's Friday, right? Which is the day I, I leave. Dude, for I would have sent you. I would have sent you, man. Yeah, I would have sent I, you. I would have. I would have filled it for you and gotten it done, no problem. Dude. I mean, I just drafted my team. I showed you yesterday, and I, I feel pretty good about it. My first uh, two QB super flex league. Let's go, baby! Fantasy season, and you know you're not going to hear too much fantasy football talk in the show, but maybe a little bit. If you're a fantasy football person, have fun with your draft. But whether you're an everydayer or an occasional listener, or if it's your first time listening, we love you and appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Canucks. Coming up, Kyle and I, we got to maybe pre-record an episode or two because I am going away next week. We want to talk about the Canucks drafts from the 2010s, ranking them, looking back at them a little bit. We'll get to that. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy's Kyle Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.